TJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. I was too basketball-oriented yesterday. PK just had me, hey, type Altuve into Twitter and look at some of the memes you see. Yeah. It's, this is an awesome selection. And I when you told me that, I knew there'd be a bunch of good ones. There's more than that. Yeah. Everyone should treat the even if you're just a casual baseball fan, the movie clips that people are loading, the TV shows, there's a good Seinfeld one in there, it'll crack you up. Oh, they're they're very funny. They're yeah. very good. Yeah. And there is a long, long supply of them. There are so many of them. Yeah. I mean this is going there's to be one from I don't even know what this is, some little kid crouching behind a catcher so he doesn't get hit. Altuve when he steps into the box next year, because every pitcher's gonna want to hit him because he wrecked yeah. everybody's ERA and he wrecked how much it's not just, you know, Springer to sign for twenty one million bucks, but all the pitchers are thinking, did I take a million less because my numbers were higher because I had to face the Astros a couple times in Houston? Oh yeah, Kershaw's reputation in the postseason could be substantially better. Yes. Substantially. Yeah. Because you really only need that one or two titles. Right, it doesn't right, matter right. all the ones you lose. Once yeah. you get one or two, then yeah. you delivered in the clutch. You didn't deliver in the clutch every time, but who delivers in the clutch every time? Exactly. Yeah, I agree 100%. Yes, exactly. Well, okay, Jordan 6-0 and in finals, but LeBron has lost finals. Magic and Bird lost finals. Well, guys fail more than they succeed. Even yeah. Duncan finally lost a final. Uh, yeah. Shaq yeah. and Kobe got beat in the finals. Right. Yeah, so... Uh, th- this thing there is so outrageous, and they're about a month away from spring training, and that's just going to be the whole dominant conversation. Uh, yeah. These guys can't avoid it. They're not co- that. That is going to be the number one topic for the six weeks or f- whatever they got for spring training. Yeah, and he's going to have to answer for it. Why? Why are you on video coming into home plate? Admonishing your team, don't rip the shirt, the jersey. Who's ever done, done that? that? Yeah, yes. <laughs> Babe Ruth, Hank Aaron, <laughs> Willie Mays never crossed home plate. Barry Bonds never crossed home plate. Your hands are usually up. Yeah, imagine Joe Carter, the walk-off World Series home run. Don't rip my jersey. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's jumping up and down like crazy. Shooter McGavin tweet right here. Jose Altuve getting his body ready for every at bat this upcoming season, <laughs> and Adam Sandler steps into home plate and lets every ball from the pitching machine hit him in the chest. <laughs> nice. <laughs> this is a major scandal. It's getting worse every day of the week. It's it's getting bigger and blowing up. And there were Astros fans arguing, well, he just wanted his shirt ripped off, and then somebody threw back a tweet of him celebrating another walk-off where his jersey's completely off. Well, that's that's what he said. That And they, Rosenthal, oh, on the, field, yeah, the I don't remember yeah. it, interviews, why did you not want your jersey? Because he goes in the locker room and, and then comes, comes back. back. Yeah. And, oh, I'm shy, and my wife doesn't... Because I'm wired. I'm wearing a wire. This is a Sopranos. I got an FBI (laughs) wiretap. What happens to guys who are wearing a wire in the Sopranos? They blow you away, man. You sleep with the fishes. Uh, There's one. I'm looking at a a little piece of video right now. Dak Trollscott, not Dak Prescott. Aaron Judge, when he sees Jose Altuve, and it's... uh, I don't think it's a real fight. I think it's a fake. Maybe it's a real fight. I think it's a fake fight, though, in a laundromat. But anyway, it's a big guy throwing a little guy into a uh, dryer. <laughs> oh, yeah. One of the industrial-sized dryers. When Aaron Judge sees Jose I've seen uh, yeah, one. I've seen that one. You it's saw the big, big guy putting big a little stuff in him in the yeah. dryer. Some big-time wrestler. They're it's, on a it's, green. It's, it's a wrestling yeah. bit. And the yeah, wrestler yeah, takes right. this little dude on a green, and they have a little lake next to the green. He just picks him up, chucks him in the water. <laughs> 
Aaron Judge when he meets uh, Jose Altuve because Judge is the biggest dude and Altuve is the smallest dude. Yeah, I I don't condone any of it, and Pete Rose got what he deserved, but he's got to be sitting over here saying, wait a second here, man. Oh, yeah. There's got to be some type of sanction against these guys. Pete's a good get, a good (laughs) – if you can get him on your – you know, morning news show or whatever, he would go oh, off. He loves to pop off. Yeah, I know, right? Any talk radio station yeah. you can get him. Yuck, work on Pete Rose. Well, it's just, <laughs> he's yeah, I've, I've seen him down in Vegas a few times. Uh, <laughs> it, this doesn't make any sense. How can, You cannot look the other way on this. You just can't. And it just, it boggles my mind, though, what is acceptable in cheating. You know, stick them in football used to be a thing. Yeah. And that was... So if you, if you just sort of go over the line, it's okay. But if you go way over and having some type of device on you and banging trash cans and having all sorts of electronic codes, that does seem definitely way over the line. And I put it on Facebook a couple of days ago. What is a uh, form, an acceptable form of cheating? Because there are acceptable forms of cheating. Oh, I think in everyday life, the classic example is uh, you're on the freeway and the speed limit is posted as 65 and you're doing 70. Yeah, but is that a cheat if they allow it, if it's understood? Well, there, there you go. I mean, what is, what is acceptable? But law enforcement doesn't enforce it. Seems it seems like so you don't get not... dinged until you're 7 to 10 miles an hour over the speed limit. Or if you're going significantly faster than traffic. If you move with traffic, you don't usually get pulled over. But I'm sure there's somebody out here who say, "Yeah, well, I did." <laughs> and in sports, what what is okay? You know, well, co- going back to your story about are Kobe, cheating rampantly. Yeah, when you go back to your Kobe story that you were just telling in the last, you know, about he found a blind spot, an angle they couldn't see, and he knew where he could, you know, get a little push off or a little tug of the jersey and get it by somebody. See, so if you do that, then it's up to the ref to call it or not call it. And so, is that cheating? I mean, there's a million pushes, bumps, and tugs around every screen in every basketball game, high school, college, pro. Yeah, but if you're doing it on purpose with the intent not to get caught, that's different than committing a foul. Everybody's whistled for fouls. That's part of the game. Gobert is going to get fouls because he's got to protect the basket and somebody gets beat. And so he's got to slide over, and we've seen it a million times. Those, you just do that, but you're not, you're not attempting to deceive. You're not attempting to break a rule or any form of a sports law, so to speak. But if you're trying to do it, knowing full well, this is a foul, but I'm not going to get caught, is that not cheating? Here's an awesome shot from the office. Altuve just press approved he isn't wired and the shirt pulled all the way up. Okay, I'll retweet that one. Oh, there's a, yeah, as I said, there's a million of them. Yes, yeah, it's <laughs> so good. I was sitting at home laughing yesterday <laughs> at this. <sighs> I find the whole idea of cheating fascinating. You look at a Carlos Beltran. This guy has been a model player for 20 years in the big leagues. I think he's got like 475 home runs, so he's a potential Hall of Fame candidate, right? And no no problems whatsoever, and he gets involved in this, and it's so easy to say, well, yeah, these dudes, they're bad dudes, they cheated. But you're trying to win. 
I can't say, like I always said to myself, would I have just said no to steroids? I don't know that I would have. One thing I I've like, learned as I get older, I don't know anything until I'm actually faced with the situation. 100%. To make the 100%. Yeah. And, and I would say that's both for good and for bad. For sure. You might be better in yeah. a situation. Oh, I would never be that good. And you might be when you get there. And you might be bad when you get there. Yeah. You just don't know. You really don't. The older I get, the more I believe that. Yeah. So could I have and, not and done this or would I have not the, done that? Could you I have be no the, idea. Could you be the one guy? Because I'm thinking the Astro pitchers, while they appreciate the winning, they have to be thinking, well, that's brutal. <laughs> I mean, there's got to be a part of them thinking, you know, the pitching brotherhood. But they didn't know it? Holy cow. Oh, the, I had, the Astro pitchers had to know what was going on, didn't they? You'd think? Especially the starters in the dugout. I guess if you're in the bullpen and you're out there, you wouldn't know right away. But over time, even you'd have to know. There'd have to be conversations well, on the Well, pitcher was and, the one who came clean, so he right, did know. Eventually. Right. Yeah, over the course of a season, you'd know. But you wouldn't necessarily know right away when it was getting set up. Maybe you would. Oh, yeah. If you're standing there and they always form that like three-quarter circle around the plate on a walk-off. We've seen it a million times. Right. And you see Altuve saying what he's saying. If you have no idea, wouldn't you think, well, why is he saying that? And then, hey, where's the little fella going? As he <laughs> runs down the stairs, up the tunnel, and then comes back to do the interview. And you might, you know. In the, you, with the jersey off. And you might be putting your uniform on, and then across the room you see some guy hooking himself up with a buzzer. You're going to end up knowing. Oh, yeah, you got mob guys. This is, the, Or you got FBI guys in there. This is the way you, you do this, you know, because we, we've done this. We've, we've put uh, wiretaps on people left and right. It's crazy. But they're going to – the idea behind it, in a sense, is pure. You're trying to win. So what's that deal? Do everything possible to win. Well, they were doing everything possible to win. I want you to go all out to win. <laughs> they I, did. But I didn't mean that. <laughs> I didn't mean that when I said all in. Yeah. Hey, Altuve's 5'6", Chapman's 6'4". You got to find a way to get on top of that fastball. All right. This is uh, Altuve's. Is, hey, wait a second, man. This is just me even in the odds here. I'm 5'6". God bless Chapman's 6'4", left-handed, and it can throw uh, gas. I got a. It's like a handicap in golf. I'm going to use my uh, 10.7. He's a scratch. I mean, these guys are trying to get an edge. I can see what the mindset is, even though it's wrong over the line. Yeah, <laughs> way wrong. But don't we justify that? I can't in our do my own post personal behavior. I can't do my post game interview right now. I got to go in the dugout and take all the electronics off. Yeah, just give me a minute. <laughs> <laughs> what they what they need to do now? If you hit a home run, they put up one of those things. You know, like we have downstairs, a security thing. You got to pass through it, like uh, <laughs> TSA. TSA. <laughs> <laughs> put it around after you round third. Put That's my there. belt buckle. Yeah. All right, so you take it off. <laughs> you got to take it off. But you know, it's uh, it's easy to talk about the players, and we have, and we will. But is baseball coming clean on this? How much of this did they know on Monday or Tuesday when we didn't know? And now we got all these amateur sleuths who've DVR'd Astros games coming up, and you can see, and, and actually they're right, you can see th- underneath the jersey, you, there's like this weird crease, this mm-hmm. line. It's oh, like, yeah. oh, well, that's where they're wearing it. Yeah, you can see and it. there's a couple of examples and of that here on a couple different players. Yeah. Yeah. 
Well, and the original thing said it was in the like it sat kind of in their armpit to kind of buzz them and let them know. Yeah, right. It's outrageous, and, and maybe they did know MLB, and they're trying to do Sweep damage it control. Under the rug, I, I damage know. control. Because I mean, once you involve money, people go to great lengths, and this involves money. Money is at the core of everything. There it is. <laughs> Follow the money. Yeah. And so, so much money's at stake. It answers the question: How is that little guy so good? <laughs> it does. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's a shame because he might be like a Bonds or a Clemens. Or even a Palmero, who got busted after he was wagging his finger in Congress and all that stuff. And, you know, those guys are really good to begin with. Bonds is not 70 home run dude, but is he 40? Yes. Yeah? Yeah, he's 40. <laughs> no, I think for all the, and, and I uh, loathe Barry Bonds for multiple reasons, but I think the, the thing you got to give him credit for is he didn't do it right away. He saw, and I totally believe this. Uh, I don't think anybody did, but yeah. And he saw the steroid thing going on, and it got out of hand. as outrageous, and he couldn't believe guys. And he was a much better player than some of the guys who are getting much more publicity and inevitably going to get contracts for much more money. I mean, you think he looked at McGuire and Sosa, and I'm a better all-around player than you guys. And maybe he just did it not necessarily for money because he's already rich. He was born into wealth. It was the idea of... of I'm just, the best player, and, and I, these guys you know, are getting talked about like right, they're the best player. show I'm the best player. And, and people who covered him and wrote stuff and know him way better than I know, just watching him on TV, thought that that was the motivation. That he thought, I'm the guy, and he I know I'm the guy. the guy. Right, exactly. And he really was. He, he was that to, good. He and I went to college at the same time, and I know people, and I knew guys on the team. Yeah. And stories and whatnot. And he was the guy and acted like he was the guy then. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. This is, there was nothing new by the time right. we got to the bigs. No, he was always set apart. Uh, that, but this, he really was more talented than everybody. Oh, for and sure. It, and I read stories that said it drove him nuts. He was all that. That these guys He's were always getting, been all that. Yeah, we're getting pumped up like they're all that. And he said, no, they're yeah. not. They're roided up. I'm all that. And then he finally did it, which I kind of get. And I'm not a big fan of his. I'm a, I'm a Padre fan, and he just crushed them again and again and again. Doc, I just got a text that says you guys aren't on the air. Signal's cut out. 1280's down. We are working on it. Oh, okay. going to blame that on the well, weather? If you're on 1280 right now, turn to 97.5. What? <laughs> I think you need to use something like Twitter. Of course, if you're on 1280 now, you can't hear us. So it's circular logic. Locke's going to join us at nine o'clock, which is lock at nine o'clock. Just seems like it should be. But I, I have a hard time completely and totally condemning individuals cheating to get an edge. And maybe that's hypocritical of me. But. It, it never gets over the top? There's no point? Because I get your point. Like, it's well, shades if you, of if, gray. If you're Tanya Harding and you blow up somebody's kneecap, that's another story. <laughs> so it's shades of gray, and it's always a little bit more, and then you look up and you're, to use the baseball analogy, you're not just in foul territory. You're way in foul territory. You're at Oakland. There's For a lot sure. of foul territory. But, you know, and that, when and, he hits the home run off of Chapman, I think he walks Springer beforehand. Suppose Springer steals second base and steals the signs and is relaying them to Altuve, and he gets on top of that fastball, hits it out. Oh, man, that's gamesmanship. Way to go, George. Way to help your teammate. That's awesome. That's not cheating? No. 
In my mind, it isn't. In my mind, it isn't. It's like, if you know, if someone's tipping their pitch and you know, you know they're throwing you a fastball, are you going to sit there and guess curve because you yeah, know? Yeah, but I mean, you're standing, no, if you're in the box. I, I so got now you. suddenly I'm at second base and I know it's going to be a fastball. Okay, but if the Yankees were more sophisticated, then they could have fooled the Astros, so they're buzzing fastball, but it's actually not. That'd be awesome. <laughs> well, that could have happened. It could have and and now you're going to see the great lengths. I mean, I was listening to the guys in Phoenix yesterday, and they're joking how Todd Graham at ASU was accused of stealing signs. So the other team used to have these sheets. So now you're going to have all these sheets <laughs> and all these things. You know what I mean? So certainly going forward, you're going to have all sorts of changing of signs. Yes. They're going to go... The offensive team or the defensive team, whatever it is, whatever signs, they're going to go to great lengths. I, I read it, and I don't remember which, but I was reading one of the stories on this earlier in the week, and there was a team, the pitcher and catcher, thought that, I mean, because it was starting to spread. Rumors were spreading, right? Of course, and plus and it's been around spreading. It's been around, and they were changing every, like, eight pitches or yeah, something. Yeah, and when yeah. I was reading it, you know how you anticipate what's coming up, and I was anticipating that they changed them every inning. And they weren't even waiting for an inning. It, so the principle of pitches. me relaying the sign to you is the exact same, electronic or not. Now, I get it. One seems to be way over the top, and one we viewed as a standard I permissible. Really, I really do, yeah. I would if, if it were my team and they got beat doing that, I'd be thinking, well, you got to change the signs. What, you don't know there's a guy standing on second base? Okay, this well, then, like, but then you're hearing from uh, Trevor Bauer saying, well, yeah, this has been out there for a while. So the Yankees didn't have any, this is catching them totally off guard? Well, there's, and so this is, and now we just get into conspiracy theories, and I don't know, but I've read multiple things, like, it goes beyond these two teams, they're the two teams that are named, but there are other teams that are suspected, and this goes back to, uh, we played the soundbite with uh, Jessica Mendoza, um, being critical of fears for going public with it. Well, are there other players who know about other teams? Because guys are moving all the time. If some other team is doing it in 2017, they got ex-players, and those guys haven't said anything yet. Mm-hmm. So how many, were, were two teams doing this, or were four, or were six, or were 16? You know, I haven't said this ever. 1992. Daily Breeze softball, we won the D-League title. We were cheating. How were you cheating? We knew their signs. Oh, yeah? Yeah. We knew their signs. See, at that level, the cheating is often ringers. Did that guy really work at the paper? He did not. He, Here was we he, won. Was he a stringer for one high school football no, game he, one time? No, we had uh, nine players in the lineup who all worked at Daily Breeze, and the 10th guy was our best guy, and no, he was someone's friend. <laughs> that's the year we won it. <laughs> And was that legit? Did you get to have one from outside, or did they? No, not oh, no, you could do whatever. You could, okay, no, you you could have. We put just any, happened to be a work league. You could have put a any, work team. I mean, oh, okay, you could have put any group of whatever. Pay your high school free and away you go. Right? Okay. Yeah. All right, DJ PK, it's 97.5 and 12.80, the zone. David Locke coming up at nine o'clock. Gary Anderson, Aggie football coach, is next. And now, attention, top of the wire on 97.5, 1280, the zone, and the Zone Sports Network. Utah Jazz 10-game win streak is over. A wild 138-132 loss to the Pelicans in New Orleans. Brandon Ingram, 49 points, a career high. Donovan Mitchell tied his career high with 46. Jazz are off today. Tomorrow, they play the Kings at home. Sacramento will be here. In the West, uh, last night, the Nuggets 
down 17 at the half. Rally beat the Warriors in OT, 134 to 131. Clippers beat the Magic, 122 to 95. College basketball, youth blown out at Arizona, 93-77. BYU rolls over San Diego, 93 to 70. BYU and Gonzaga, tomorrow night in Spokane, 8 o'clock on ESPN2. Top of the wire. Brought to you by Homie. Buying or selling a home, Homie will give you up to $5,000 back to help you with closing costs and fees. Remember, it's simple to get started with Homie. See more at Homie.com. This, this, this is Hans Olsen and Scotty G. It's what you want. Big T, Thurl Bailey. Thurl, do you get along with the lemma? Okay. You know, I'm, I'm kind of a lemma's protector, so you, if you get ready to say something towards my boy, we, oh, we rethink. Of all the NBA broadcasts, that has to be the most well-dressed NBA pregame, tight. postgame. Yeah, we take pride in that. Me and the lemma, it's Booner. Uh, you know, Mike Smith getting in on the act as well. I notice he left Locke out of that. Well, Locke, that's why you got a face for what you do, you know. <laughs> <laughs> really, when you think about it, it's all a big team, you guys included. Yeah. They know us. They listen to us all, and they watch us all. They want to keep up on everything, and so. Kudos to you guys as well. Well, I appreciate that. We just can't rock a suit like you guys, but uh, we'll do our best. That's why you're on radio, baby. That's why we're on radio. (laughs) (laughs) Catch Hans and Scotty every day from noon to 3. Presented by your Rocky Mountain Chevy dealers on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. DJ and PK, it's time to talk Aggie football with Utah State football coach Gary Anderson. He joins us on the Sprint Special guest line. Lease any phone and get an iPad or Samsung Tab A for $99.99. Visit the Sprint store nearest you. Gary, good morning. Good morning, guys. I've missed you. Yeah, absolutely. We've missed you, too. But <laughs> That's kind of a delayed response, though, so I don't know if that's true or not. <laughs> <laughs> well, we were told there was a delayed response to our request to have you on the show at the end of the year because you had decisions and changes to make, many of which we know about now, some of which we probably don't know. You probably have some other stuff. But obviously you made major changes to the coaching staff. And obviously late in the year when we had you on, you were pretty tense and pretty wound up and you didn't like the way things were going. So when you make these changes, how much better do you feel and how much can you not feel better until you win another game, which is obviously months and months away? Well, you know, at the, the, the end of the year was frustrating, obviously, with losing a bowl game. And, um, but as you go back and you reflect, we've got to look at a lot of things that we did that were very good. And so, um, you know, yeah, that gives you time to do that through the holidays and through this time when you uh, – can't go out there when we're not recruiting. I think this, uh, you look back, and like I said at the end of the season, I just kind of dissect myself and, uh, you know, uh, you know, conduct those uh, uh, strong sessions of thinking things out, looking at the program, and um, I feel really good. I feel really good about the changes. Um, I feel really good about the way the staff handled the changes and um, accepted the changes. For some, it was, uh, uh, you know, a step up. For some, it was uh, a little bit of a had a title taken away to what it may, may have been, but uh, uh, they're all in. They're all excited about being here, and I don't think that they're putting on a facade. I don't think they walk around being fake in those situations, so I'm really happy with the staff, and uh, you know, sometimes you, you make those decisions, and, and we move along, but uh, those decisions were made from um, you know, a lot of things being thought out, and myself first, and, and looking and seeing how I can help these kids be better, so yeah, I think we're in a good spot. Obviously, the offensive coordinator, Bodie's here with us, and um, I like where Bodie is, like what he's done. It was a uh, very competitive situation first of all to get him here secondly um it took me a long time to uh for me a long time to hire him i usually just kind of jump and hire a guy and 
um, you know, go get it done fairly quickly and uh, don't think too far outside the box. But I thought it was really important this time that I take my time and look. And then Bodie was obviously the guy. And, and again, he wants to be here. He grew up like we did. You know, he grew up and he fought himself through the ranks to get to where he is today. He battled himself in the big sky, did some great things, which I have great respect for that conference. And he's just a great fit for us. And, uh, you know, um, and his family's the same. So excited about him. And, you know, Stacy and Frank are, are, are better coaches. And they'd be the first ones to tell you this. Their experience on offense last year was fantastic for them and give them an opportunity to be even better coaches now on the defensive side of the ball. And what we have now is I think we have a much stronger presence in the offensive room as a whole. And we look to get stronger on that as we make this next hire. And I think we have a much stronger presence in the defensive room from experience. And, and guys are going to work extremely well together. I'm excited about it. So you go with the co-defensive coordinators, and that's always a little bit confusing to me because that could mean different things for different programs. What the co-defensive coordinators mean to you? Well, Stacey's going to call it. You know, it'll work. It'll be a, a, a collaborative effort during the week and where they go through it. But Frank is just such a great presence with the kids. And I, uh, one thing that uh, a lot of times I think people don't think about in football is that Stacey's up top and he goes ahead and he calls it. And, you know, Frank will be there and Frank will have his moments of where he's going through. But the main play caller is going to be Stacey. But it's just as important to be the guy that's down on the field that is the, the in this case, our co-coordinator, that is the, he's the heartbeat of the defense when they come over for a TV timeout or we're making adjustments on the sidelines or whatever that may be. So that's exactly how we'll break that down. And um, I think they're both is, they're both very, very important. And I thought co-titles for those guys in this position right now where we are um, was definitely the best way to do it. But they're, they definitely have, uh, you know, their uh, different areas that they're in charge of um, and also their different position groups. Utah State football coach Gary Anderson joining us here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Uh, you were clearly stressed the offense, the way they would come in. <laughs> they, they put together drives, maybe a seven-play drive, but they didn't take any time off the clock. The defense had to be right back out there. What is the offense going to look like now that you've got these new coaches in place? What's it going to look like next season? Well, to position yourself year after year to be able to win a position, to win a championship, or be in a position to win a championship, which we did this last year. We were right down there to the last week, had an opportunity to do it. But I don't think it's going to finish like that. If you look at our year, we had seven games that came down the wire. We won five of them. That's a tough team, uh, minded football team that did that. And, but I don't think we played complimentary football. Um, I know we didn't play complimentary football on the offensive side of the ball. Um, and, and it's not good. It's just it's not a position to be able to, you know, you wake up every Wednesday and you start uh, staring at the weather forecast and you know when's the weather going to be good when's it going to be okay is the wind going to be blowing is it going to rain is it going to snow you know we don't play in a dome we're going to have bad weather games I think that's a big part of it Um, for that offense to not be as effective as it's been it's that's that's time tested for two years Uh, that's the way it's been it has not been effective when the weather hasn't been good and then you play against a team you potentially could be outmatched. You could play against a team that uh, tries to take the ball. What blah blah blah. There's a lot that goes to that. But in this situation, the offense is going to be. A, um, we're going to play at different paces, um, three to four different paces. And they say, well, that's a lot of paces. It's really not a muddle huddle versus a huddle. Um, they're very similar. It's the same concepts for the kids. And then we're going to go fast. And then we're also going to be able to, uh, you know, potentially get ourselves in a spot to look over as needed. But we won't have nearly the amount of look over. Um, Bodie does not like. Like to look over nearly as much. Uh, his concept is the offensive lineman sit in their stance for 35 seconds and sit there and wait to play the game. Um, and so there's a lot of things that he was very, very, you know, um, 
his his ideas are very clean. They're very good in those spots. So, uh, again, I think it'll be a, a multiple offense. Get the ball in the hands of the playmakers. Uh, be able to play and just cause. If I look at it, and when I interviewed these offensive coordinators, the key thing for me was simple: was okay. How is this? offense going to cause me problems as a defensive coordinator. And the things that come up is fly sweeps, formations in the boundaries, different types of tempos. Those are all big, big things that cause major problems. And those are things that, you know, Bodie's had in his offense for a number of years. And this guy is tough. Um, and I want a tough offense. I want to be able to run gap schemes in the run, in the, in the, uh, in the run game, not just inside zone on, you know, fourth and one and hope it all works out. I want to be able to run power. I want to be able to run counter properly. I want to be able to do those things to be a physical football team and, in uh, the overall pitcher, I think that makes you a tougher defense. It makes you a more prepared defense. So complimentary football is a big part of this hire, and a tough guy is a big part of this hire that can lead a room and be a general manager. Quarterback always matters in every level of football, and it looks like, at least uh, to us, at least to me anyway, you have a fairly seamless transition there. We do. You know, it's going to be – you sit right now, and Henry is uh, – uh, done a great job when he's had an opportunity, and so did Andrew until Andrew obviously got hurt in the Stony Brook game. And, um, but uh, I guess the positive thing of that injury happening is it happened early, and, and he's very much on the recovery path, and he'll be back at us pretty soon and be at full strength. So uh, we have a good good group of kids. Uh, you know, Cooper's there with us, and Cooper's done a great job. He's got a great uh, – um, just a great upside overall. Although I got to tell you a story about Cooper. So you know, Cooper Lagarde, he comes up and we did a little thing the other day in front of our team and stand up and they got their little teams for fall camp for uh, excuse me for uh, this soft season training that we're going through in winter conditioning. There's like 10, 15 guys on the team and I pull Cooper up in front of his uh, teammates and you have to name the teammates. Just give me the name of the guys that are on your team, right? And Cooper missed the very first kid. So got to tell you that man, it was hysterical. <laughs> So one of his buddies looked right up and looked him right in the eye and it was uh, looked at him and said, hey, you, there's Trey, and it was not. His name was Troy. So oh, he yeah. that one. So. <laughs> so we had a little fun with Cooper on that one. It was it was interesting. But Cooper's there. Josh Cowell is also at the quarterback spot. So I think we're in good hands. Um, you know, Right now for us, we've, we have to find a running back. Um, that can play next year. It has to find a running back that can play next year. An off-the-ball tight end, like an H-mover, and uh, a wide receiver on the offensive side of the football. And then we're looking for a defensive lineman and a DB uh, on, the, uh, on the defensive side. So I think we're, you know, we're in a good spot. Kids are working hard. and I, I, believe, I agree with you in the quarterback spot. We have some competition, but I believe we're in a good spot. Gary Anderson, Aggie football coach, joining us. Gary, we've noticed college and pro, multiple sports, football, basketball, whatever, continuity matters it does give its own rewards now last year obviously you had to put a new staff together because matt wells took so many guys to texas tech and you had 50 new guys on the roster which blew us away now you're gonna have a new quarterback you have new guys on the roster new coaching staff how do you try to build some familiarity because you haven't had a lot of continuity here the last two years yeah, I think really, honestly, I'm not worried about the transition on the defensive side of the ball. It's, uh, you know, Stacy coaches special teams. Frank was highly involved in special teams, and they have a great relationship with the kids. So you know, there'll be some. There's some continuity within the scheme, I would say, would be more of a concern for me right now than the faces on the defensive side of the ball. When I say that, you know, we will be uh, more of a multiple front um, with – 
outside backer, more odd front scenarios at times in this defense. So I'm a little bit more worried about the scheme in the next couple months than, again, the faces. On the offensive side of the ball, you know, this is going to be a change that uh, I think these kids are going to grasp and be very excited about. And, you know, our goal, and we've talked about it from the minute that it went it went uh, double zeros at the end of that bowl game, uh, you know, the challenge was issued to myself and to the football team is we need to be tougher. Um, not, not mentally. We need to grow up and mature. When I say that it's not a shot at last year's team. I'm saying we had 54 new young guys, and they need to get stronger. Um, you know, our goals of getting 30 bench pressers that do two, 225, 30 times and 3,500-pound squatters, that's a real goal for this football team. So um, that will be welcomed with, with Bodie Reader, and Bodie will be in that situation, and he'll be in the weight room, and he'll he'll push him and he'll grind him. So I think that transition will be good, um, and uh, they'll, they'll be accepted. But it is, you know, hey, it is. It's a new face. It's going to be a new scheme. We're not going to sit there and just say, uh, "Hey, we're going to keep all of our terminology." And you know, we're going. Bodie Reader's going to run his offense. So uh, on that side of the ball, yes, there's definitely going to be some continuity. Uh, um, it's not an issue, but it has to has to come together. And working hard on some team concepts and football school to get there. Uh, but I don't worry about that at all on defense. How does the new earlier signing period affect Utah State and schools like Utah State? relative to schools that would be in perceived bigger conferences and then with the later sending date, which is coming up in a couple of weeks. Yeah, I think there's a, there's a couple things to that. Number one, we don't feel any pressure at all with our fan base to say we've got to go have this signing glass on the early signing day and be a this place ranked uh, um, you know recruiting class. And uh, most schools do, uh, especially Power Five schools. They that's it's important and it's uh, it's crazy. I mean, there's bonuses on the line. There's people that get this for that and for guys getting re, uh, signed. And I think that is that that that's amazing to me. Um, and I think it's wrong. And so we don't feel any the pressure early on to sign one guy, two guy, 20 guy, 30 guy um, doesn't matter to us and so we're very, very patient and we'll use them at the first signing day for us is if that is a guy that is 100% slam dunk that we would take him regardless of the of the situation, regardless of the signing period, then we take him um, if there's any cloudiness to it at all, we won't take him in the first signing period because there is guys that are missed um, lots of guys that are missed in that first signing class because people panic to get uh, a guy that was evaluated as a junior or as a sophomore and he was a three-star or maybe even a four-star as he went through his junior year and they didn't play very good his, his senior year and they're still going to take him because they get the star um, because they want that uh, signing day whatever ranking I suppose um, and that stuff's real so for us we don't worry about that and then the second signing day you only fill our needs but right now we're patient on the second signing period too just because of we have now the transfer portal and we always believe in our theory that we are going to find guys later in the process even after the second signing time so <clears throat> we uh, you know obviously we sign guys on signing day it's become much less of a big deal than it was 10 years ago 10 years ago it was that was the day now it's uh, because of all the different situations that have happened um, signing day is not a big deal for us do you view the transfer portal as a chance to get really good talent, or do you view the transfer portal as a place where maybe some kids who think they're a little more than they are, or maybe a little emotionally immature, have some baggage, and that you really got to be careful with that? Or, or is that going to become kind of a fundamental way to build out your football team? Well, I think it's all those. I think it's the first thing is, is if you know the kid last year, obviously, you know, we sat back and... Caleb, Siosi, and Nick changed our football team, and um, 
you know, we knew those guys firsthand because I've obviously in my year at Utah and Riley helped change our football team in a very positive way. And we knew him from Kalani and Aaron and everybody else that, uh, uh, when we went through the recruiting process with all, all four of those kids. So that was, that was simple. You know, Taryn Adams, the, the kid that we took from Arizona state, the, the corner, was a little bit more difficult because now you do have to do your homework because I don't know Taryn and I don't really know anybody on that staff that I can call and ask him and are they going to tell me he's a good player and he's a great kid because he's not and they want to get rid of him you know so yeah you have to do your homework in those situations so all those things that you mentioned are a concern within the uh, transfer portal I deem it as a huge positive for us and it needs to be a huge positive for us this year now the one thing I will say against the, about the transfer portal is I think it's really hurt junior junior college recruiting um, I think people are more interested in holding out and waiting uh, I was on the phone with the coach last night and it was hey we're going to hold out and it's a power five school they're holding off three scholarships to wait for transfer portal kids and not taking junior college kids in that situation um, I'm sure it's not clear across the board for them but that's how they're deeming those positions that they have left and you know the the thought process is is that the transfer portal kids have been through an off season. They've been through you know a, a four year college football program or the structure and what have you. And so um, we like both. We still love junior college kids, and uh, we'll still go after the transfer portal kids too. But uh, it's 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 a very interesting world that we uh, continue to create and make it more and more difficult as coaches. You saw up front LSU. I assume no surprise on your behalf. LSU winning it? Yeah. No, no. That was not a surprise to me. So they're, they're, they were uh, an amazing football team, you know, but they, they even when you have amazing talent, you still got to put it together, and those kids put it together week in and week out and face the challenges they had, and they, they were uh, – you, you watch them walk on the field, and it's not a real surprise. They, um, they look a little different than most other dudes, but uh, they got her done. Dave Aranda was on your staff when you won the WAC your first time around the 11 game season and went with you to Wisconsin. Uh, were you surprised he ended up at Baylor? No, uh, Dave's wanted to be a head coach in my conversations with him for the last uh, you know few years, and the opportunity presented itself. I'm sure he did his homework along with. Uh, uh, his support people that are, are around him in that spot and I'm just happy for him happy for his family that's what they want it'll be a tremendous challenge and they're all tremendous challenges but uh, you know Dave was Dave was wanting that for some time and it'll be uh, fun to watch him you know put his staff together and go jump into a highly competitive league and I don't know how he's going to handle it the, the, the big 12 with all the points are scored so um, I wouldn't be signing up to be his defensive coordinator let me just put it that way <laughs> Got all year to get ready for Oklahoma. You know what's coming. Can you stop it? <laughs> yeah, and they're pinned right between those guys from what I understand recruiting-wise, right? there in between Oklahoma and who else was. I can't remember. I've never been there. But, uh, Texas. yeah, it's, hey, it's a great opportunity for him, and I'm sure he's juiced up and, and ready to roll. And it was fun to bring him here when we brought him here when the, obviously Coach McMacken was uh, let go and Dave was searching for a job and uh, I was searching for a coordinator and it worked out and it was a great experience and I'm happy for him. Well, Gary, thanks for a few minutes. We appreciate it, and we'll look forward to talking around spring ball. Okay, guys, be careful out there. Don't be slipping. There it is. Thanks, Gary. Gary Anderson, Utah State football coach, joining us right here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. All right. David Locke's going to join us in about 15 minutes. Rescheduled him. He's coming up at 9 o'clock. Stay with us on 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. Take the zone with you wherever you go. Let's go. Download the all-new Zone Sports Network app on your phone and get live streaming of the zone as well as podcast editions of every show. 
from Salt Lake to Shanghai, Provo to Portugal, or Ogden to Oslo. Wherever you go, we'll tag along. Let's go. Download the new Zone app by searching Zone Sports Network wherever you shop for apps. It's the Zone Sports Network app. From 97.5, 1280, The Zone, and The Zone Sports Network. DJ and PK in. We are brought to you in part by WCF Insurance, reminding you to be careful out there. Especially today. I don't know what is snowing like where you are, but where we are, it is coming down, PK. Uh, I think it's more blowing. It is blowing sideways, you're right. Uh, I don't think there's actually a ton of snow. I think it's the wind circulating it around. But obviously, it's not good driving conditions either way. All right, the Utah Jazz, the win streak is over. Snapped at 10. There were a lot of opportunities to win that game, PK. There was oh, for sure. a lot yeah. of stuff that went wrong. That's the good thing, though. I agree. It was wildly competitive. Both teams were playing hard. didn't feel like there was any, any issues there. No. But it's just some of the fouls they committed. You just don't need to foul that jump shooter. Some of the free throws they missed. Uh, some of the possessions that got wasted with turnovers. It's like, this is an overtime game. Like, any little thing could have flipped it. Good. Have it happen now. Rather than? Uh, postseason. Better teams. Um, all these things uh, can provide experience. And there's some biblical saying like that. Help me out, guys. Come on. When I go to the church stuff, I was, I kind of. We all look at you, Yock. You are a leader. You did, you did look immediately. To I'm you ballpark, but you know, I, I don't know it completely. What, you, what's, you all these things I give you are for All you. these things shall be good. Shall we give you experience? Shall be for your good. It's something like that. See, we knew Who you knew. Who said that? Um, I don't know where that one's from, actually. Was it an elder? Was it a president? Was it a brother? I think it's actually in the good book. Oh, so just a first name guy? Yeah. Paul? Saul, Paul, Peter. The Apostle Edward? John. Yeah, so these guys can get gain collective experience because they're, they're not a young group. I'm not going to throw the young card out. They're a new group. This is their first overtime game. Am I missing any games? No, this is it. They said that on the broadcast. Yeah, the okay. first one this year. So I thought, yeah. It's their first game. So, and it's, it's definitely not a young group. they got a bunch of 30-something right. guys now. But they're, they're new together. Absolutely. So have an overtime. Learn some stuff. I, I can live with this. I thought, uh, you know, it, it would have been cool to see them go for 12 tomorrow. I get all that. Because uh, then you start you start getting, it's like hitting streak, you know. You get up 20, you get 15, uh, 20, 25. Ooh, how, you know, how much? You know, it becomes a little bit uh, uh, contagious and whatnot. And, you know, the huge winning streak they had this year where they won eight in a row. And uh, you just get in these patterns of winning, and that's all you really know. And winning breeds winning, as we've heard. But the fact that it didn't happen, pfft, no sweat. Go Now, you lose tomorrow. I'm coming here Monday and coming on television Sunday. I'm going to bury you guys. I'm going to bring my <laughs> shovel. You can say stuff like that because they're not going to lose. There's so much confidence around this team. I don't know that, but I, I, wouldn't, I would not bet a penny on it. But I don't expect them to lose. But that, irregardless of last night, I didn't expect them to lose. <laughs> I, that you're to you the didn't point think there was now. a chance last night? No, no, no. Irregardless of last night's results, oh, okay, I, see what you're I right. would not expect right. them to lose tomorrow. But they are to the point now where I expect them to win every home game, knowing full well that's not going to happen. But now 
they have played so well that that's my level of expectation. It's like the old days with the statues. You're at home, of course you're going to win. Jazz are 15-3 and three at home this year. Which they're, is the, they're undefeated with Clarkson. Right, and that is the best record in the West. So even with all the bench issues during the year, they still have the best home yeah. record in the West. So I don't care what happened last night. I was expecting them all along to win Saturday. Miami, Philly, and Milwaukee in the East. have. And then I'm excited records. for Monday's game. Well, yeah, Monday, it's on. But my level of anticipation and excitement has grown substantially since Clarkson came aboard. Oh, yeah. Well, question. He was what they needed. The bench has played much better because they made some other changes at the same time. And the collective confidence it brings is, uh, has also snowballed. My life would be pretty boring. My life is pretty boring. But it would be really boring without the jazz playing. <laughs> Think of all the nights. Yeah. Think of it's time. What am I going to do now? You've got like 250 <laughs> hours of watching games you got to fill. That's right from the get-go. Yeah. And then the amount of time that you spend talking to people in your neighborhood. Because they all want the lowdown because they know you go to shoot-arounds and you hear Quinn Snyder talk. What do you think, PK? What do you think? Right. Hey, PK, what'd Quinn say? What'd Quinn say today? <laughs> he doesn't talk a shoot around that often anymore. But you still get the lowdown. Yes. All right, when we come back, David Locke, he is next. Stay with us.